Well, the Toronto Blue Jays have uh, faced some good young pitching from the Cleveland Guardians in the first two games of this four-game series. Kevin Barker, Tanner Bybee last night was terrific. Of course, the night before, Gavin Williams was uh, terrific as well. The Jays lost last night 1-0 after winning the first game of the series. We're going to be joined by Bo Naylor. Uh, Cleveland Guardians catcher in a few minutes, and we can talk to Bo in particular about the young pitchers this organization uh, is running out there. Uh, Now, we saw the Jays come out of Boston after sweeping the Red Sox, and we made a big deal, and and rightly so. A lot of people made a big deal, Kevin, about the team, and and a team-wide approach. Yeah. then they go into Cleveland. And I asked you this question in Blue Jays talk last night. They go into Cleveland and they get two, they get good pitching thrown at them. So through two games of this series, do we is it is it okay to just tip our cap to the Cleveland pitchers? Or have we seen things in two games that concern you that maybe harken back to what this team wasn't doing? Uh, before the Red Sox series? Uh, I think it's August on a team that we felt like at the beginning of the season could win a World Series. With the offense, the way it looks against good pitching, do you feel that way now? In other words... That, that could win a World Series. Today, tonight, the National League's best team against the Blue Jays' best team. They could pitch How do you think them. that's going? They could pitch with them. Can they hit with them? I mean, you got to get you got to get a no, big I'm, hit I'm, against a yeah, good pitcher. I think I answered your question. I said they could pitch with them. Yeah, the the you know you look up some numbers here with runners in scoring position. The major league average is two fifty six. The Blue Jays are hitting two forty one. That's twenty fourth in baseball. The major league average with runners in scoring position in slugging percentage is four eighteen. The Blue Jays are at three sixty five. That's twenty eighth in baseball. OPS. Major League average is 753. The Blue Jays are at 684. That's 28th in baseball. On the elevated fastball, that's at the belly button, in my mind, and the top of the mask of the catcher. Not below that, not at his chin, not at the belt. That's not an elevated fastball. At the belly button and at the top of the mask. The Major League average is 226. Which is not good. The Blue Jays are hitting 213. Which is worse. 25th in baseball. So, to answer your question, Bo Bichette cannot get back fast enough. Like his, if you, if you, when, and when Bo Bichette gets back, he can't be hitting second. Like you, you, there's no okay, way against, well, there's no way against a right-handed pitcher that you can have Brandon Belt coming up first and second, who's hitting a little under 200. I mean, you could, a, a khaki can shake 200 any way they want to shake it. 194 is 194. I mean, I, I, there's no other way you can explain that. And this time of the year, I don't care how hard you hit it. It's about how where you hit it and was the results positive. That That's all you care about this time of the year. And for me, when you have Whit Merrifield, who obviously is really good with hitting with runners in scoring position and getting on base, Brandon Belt likes to bunt and get on first base. I'd rather have Bo Bichette in the three-hole coming up with first and second than Brandon Belt coming up with first and second. You're playing for the big inning now. Like, there's no – and then what you get from four on is gravy. I, I don't even know what the way Vladdy's at-bats are looking and George Springer's at-bats are looking and Dalton Varsho's at-bats are looking – 
Brandon Belt with runners in scoring position. I mentioned 194. Dalton Varsho, 180. Matt Chapman, 235 with 45 strikeouts and 119 at-bats. George Springer's hitting 216. Alejandro Kirk's hitting 208. You have to... Boba Shett's 333 with a slugging percentage of 527. Mm. You got to take the slugging and maximize that as much as you possibly can. You're trying to have him run into things. And the reason why I say that is, is the Blue Jays are, have the third most at-bats with runners in scoring position. They have the fifth most strikeouts with runners in scoring position. They are 28th in slug. With runners 20, in scoring position. 21st in home runs with runners in scoring position. 23rd in doubles. The only reason I threw the doubles in there is an extra base hit thing, right? Mm-hmm. The doubles means that you're letting it travel. You're getting your pitch, and you're creating some doubles backspin. Are the big doubles are the, the sign of a healthy offense. You want to know who's first in slugging? On you the want, team? You want, you want to know who's top five in baseball in slugging with runners in scoring position? Sure. The Rangers, the Braves, the Orioles, the Astros, and the Dodgers. What do all those teams have in common except the Astros? They're in first place. That's the point is, right? Until they actually start creating slug because the pitching's too good. That's the reason why I wanted to bring up the elevated fastball and the slugging percentage in the OPS with runners in scoring position. Like until you actually, we talk about this all the time, and we talk about is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Not unless Bo's in this lineup. Like for me, until you actually get him back, which I think he's – He's capable of coming back Saturday. It's a 10-day thing. He went on on the first, hopefully starting to hit, and hopefully that's, you know, where it needs to be, and hopefully he can get in the lineup and start doing some things. And it's just the way the at-bats look and the way some decent pitching. The Guardians have good pitching. I'm not sure it's great pitching. They they messed up. They threw some hanging sliders. I mean, Vladdy was late on the heater and and early on the breaking ball on some good breaking balls to hit early in counts. Like it's not it's not like they're not getting good pitches to hit. It's just for whatever reason they're not hitting them. They so, had so that's my that's what I'm saying is and, and it's very hard for third inning last night. This time of the year loaded. to even think about it. This lineup yeah. turning the corner when it comes to that third inning last night. Bases loaded. Springer and Varsho coming up. Uh, Springer strikes out looking. Varsho strikes out swinging. Dalton Varsho alone last night. First inning, he comes up with two on and grounds out. Uh, alone last night, Dalton Varsho left five runners on base. Uh, sorry, three runners in scoring position. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked about the fact that Matt Chapman had the day off yesterday. David Schneider had the day off yesterday. There's no Bo Bichette. But I think we were all still puzzled as to why Dalton Varsho was in the fifth spot. No such issue tonight. The Blue Jays are running out this lineup behind Kevin Gossman against the Guardians. Merrifield, Springer, Guerrero, Chapman in the cleanup spot, Danny Jansen hitting fifth, Davis Schneider hitting sixth, Alejandro Kirk, he will be behind the plate. He's hitting seventh. Jansen will be the DH. Paul DeYoung uh, is starting at shortstop. He will be hitting eighth. And Dalton Varshall will be hitting ninth and playing center field. Again, Kevin Kiermeyer is on the I.L. with that cut elbow. Uh, boy, oh boy, DeYoung and Varsha at the bottom of the order. I mean, they do call it the bottom of the order for a reason. Look, you get on base. I mean, that, that's his at-bat seem to be okay when there's nobody on. 
when there's somebody on, it's he can bunt. You know, you bunt from the number nine spot. You're chasing pitches away when you're a pull hitter. Like you don't do that. If you're going to be a pull hitter, look right down the middle and in, so you can get the head out and use that part of the plate to your strength, which is to the pull side. That that's the whole thing here is how you're putting a guy in the five hole who is hitting what he's hitting with runners in scoring position and the way the at bats look. I I get it. He's hitting okay in the five hole. But well, what would tell you and give you confidence that he's going to when it cut, when it matters? I mean, with with two outs, well, runners not, in no, scoring no, position, the last five he's games, one fifty-seven, like six for fifteen in his last. Yeah, five I don't games. care. I care about when you're, many, hit, when you're hitting in the five hole. It's about driving a run in. You're a run producer because there's traffic in front of you. That's why you're. That's why they're trying to line up their lineup to get dudes on. So when this guy comes up. That's his strength is to take the pitch, to get his pitch, so he can change the game by getting a big hit. Do you feel confident Dalton Varsho? And no offense to Dalton. Like, he's just having one of those years where it's just not working. When, when that moment, right? If you if you think he's getting hot by bunting, okay. I don't want him bunting. Well, I want him bunting. Especially bunt. when he's sitting in the five hole. The situation last night was fine. Was it was, 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 was an okay time to bunt. Um, but... Seventh, eighth, and ninth. You're okay down there. Stay down there. You can bunt. You can get on base. You can steal a base late in the game. Nobody argues with the way he plays defense and runs bases and hustles and his baseball IQ. None, none of that. It's just now with the way all of all the lineup occasionally, other than Bo and Whit Merrifield's been really good with runners in scoring position. Like those are Danny Jansen's big good. That's why he's hitting the five hole today against the lefty. Is you like having him coming up? He can run into one because pitching's so good, you're trying to change the game by hitting a homer, hitting a double, so you don't have to string together seven, eight, nine hits to score five or six runs because it's hard. Like, these dudes throw balls where they want to throw them, and there's no fastball counts. And, again, it's the 213 on the elevated fastball. When there's two strikes, most of the time that's where they're going with velocity. So it is about that. Lining everybody up and trying to get him in the right spot. Okay, there's two things I want to <clears throat> two things I want to talk about ahead of ahead of tonight's game. I want to touch a little bit bit on Yusei Kikuchi yesterday and the step forward Yusei Kikuchi has taken. And are we almost at the point now where Yusei Kikuchi and a lot of it would depend on the matchup must win game. You had a choice between Yusei Kikuchi and Chris Bassett. Who are you taking? Must win. Oh. I, the only reason I'm saying that is, can you believe we're even having this discussion? Yeah, I think that spring was spring training with. If, I think that I was. Had, the, I think that was the goal on why he went home and changed his mechanics is to simplify it and find the velocity. You find the velocity. I've been telling you that. Where's that at? You sure. you you heard rumblings from guys that faced him when he was in Seattle. Seattle when they were in Buffalo. It's the nastiest dude they faced all year. Because of the velocity and the changeup and the slider, like that stuff would dominate anybody, lefty or righty. Now that he found the velocity and it's consistent because of the mechanical change and it's simple and that ball out of the glove, the timing of that is huge, which that allows him, like last night, to have a little over 14 pitches per inning. That that's that allows him to go deeper. That allows it, John, easier decision in the sixth inning or in the fifth inning with two outs. So there's. You know, there's some lot of good things happening there, and I don't know if I have an answer for that. Hey, sorry, uh, we just have a little bit of breaking news. Uh, 
Uh, Chad Green will, this is from Arden Zwelling, Chad Green will be sidelined for the next seven days going in uh, concussion protocol. Last night we talked about it in Blue Jays talk. He was hit in the head by a throw from Tyler Heineman uh, in a game against Worcester. So Chad Green, who was, I mean, he'd gotten to the point where the plan was seeing if he could give you back-to-back outings uh, or outings on consecutive days at AAA, uh, looking towards having him called up. He has now been put on the uh, concussion protocol IL for seven days. So uh, that is, I mean, clearly that's going to, whatever whatever ETA the Jays had for Chad Green has been pushed back probably by more than seven. We're probably looking two weeks now uh, for Chad Green to get up here. Yeah, I don't even know if we know how they felt about him, what the velocity looked like, the life on the heater, the break on the secondary pitch, like, there's some things that would go into when you would throw yeah, him. Yeah, we. I, I will a lot admit, going on there. We, we're kind of hoping. We're hoping on Chad Green a little bit. The velocity was so-so. Um, not, frankly, not where they need it. Need to see it in order to get him up to the majors. But uh, so there you go. That is a setback for Chad Green. And um, you know, the good news, I guess, is the Blue Jays do have a certain amount of depth in their bullpen yeah. right now. Okay, we talked about you say Kikuchi. Um, ah, I just had a. Brain cramp. Oh, I wanted to revisit before Bo Naylor joins us. So, Bo Bichette comes back. Say he comes back this weekend or early next week. Yeah, You are hitting him third. So, you're, going, you're going Merrifield, Belt, Bichette, Guerrero. Absolutely. Okay. And then whoever, how, however whoever, you want to do that, you can do it right. after that. Like there's, but third, not cleanup. N- n- no. Okay. Like, I, like me, me having... Vladdy hitting in front of Bo doesn't really make any that, sense, that's especially fair. with right. this Vladdy. Vlad, Vladdy chases too much. I mean, let's be honest. Like, it's for whatever reason, he's late on the heater and he's early on the breaking ball. That's a timing issue. The hands move a lot. Like, it's he's fighting some things. I'd rather have my best hitter mm-hmm. on base with traffic. You're trying to maximize the slug. Yeah, whereas if you hit him third, there's a chance that he's going to come up to lead off an inning and that oh, you doesn't mean accomplish up. You anything. mean clean up. Third, clean up, third, I'm third, sorry. You want, right. Third, you want, you want everybody doing their thing right. that they're comfortable with. If he's hitting with. clean up, there's a chance that he's leading off an yeah. inning and that's not He makes my team better by hitting third, at least for me anyway. Yeah, well, it's interesting looking at uh, Jose Ramirez uh, hitting third for, uh, for the Guardians. I, I mean, I'm with you. Look, I've been saying all along that I've been saying Bo should be cleanup spot. I mean, I'm okay with third in the middle of the order. I, I, this just gets back to your point, something you've talked about all year, something they've had an issue doing, by and large, is putting that big inning together. You know, there were, I mean, there was ample opportunity. You know, no disrespect to Tanner Bybee, who's having a pretty good year and is a candidate for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. But the first three innings, that's opportunity. Like, for for a team that, that wants to go on a playoff run, you had ample opportunity in the first three innings last night. To at least put two runs on the board, at yeah, least put one run on. The and board. you're getting your guys up. That's and you're getting Springer, your guys up. Exactly. Springer up, bases exactly. led to one out, and Varsho up with two outs. And yeah, you just, it's just the guy that's coming up. You're trying to correct and force the issue to where your dude is coming up. And for me, that's Bo Bichette. However you work that in, and however you get together as an organization to figure out how Bo comes up more than everybody else with a dude standing at second. You do it. What, think wherever buys, that's at. Does, I'm not going to ask you if he buys into it. But Who cares? <laughs> that, I, I, we're, we're at the point of the season where right. Bo's Bo. Like, Bo, Bo understands. Bo's a smart guy. Bo looks Bo at stats. Bichette we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Bo, Bo gets it. Like, he understands. And you're basically selling this by saying to him, you're our best hitter. We want you coming up when it matters. Right. It's an easy sell for me. 
Uh, well, from one bow to another, um, Bo Naylor is the Cleveland Guardians catcher. He is, of course, uh, the second of the three baseball-playing Naylor brothers. Uh, Josh, currently on the IL with the Guardians and Miles, uh, just drafted this year. Um, you know, it's a, it's a perfect guy to get on right now, given what we've seen from the uh, the two the two young Guardian starters yesterday. Yeah. Bo Naylor joining us on Blair and Barker. Hey, Bo, thanks for doing this, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I know it, it's, it's a rare day off for you, so uh, so, so thanks for thanks for doing this. Um, very simple question. I mean, now you're getting some run in the majors now. Uh, how different would you say it is being a catcher in the major leagues compared to being a catcher in the minor leagues? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot, a lot of big differences, but at the same time, like it's just the same game, uh, or at least, you know, I got to think that way. Um, but I think the biggest difference is, you know, just kind of, um, understanding the, the, the role up here, you know, there's a, there's a lot of emphasis on, um, the prep game and, um, the understanding of hitters and, you know, managing a pitching staff up here that, um, you know, um, is really, you know, of, of high importance up here compared to uh, some uh, minor league uh, teams I've been a part of. Yeah, that's intriguing. What's the hard hardest part about that? Is it communication? Is it getting buy-in from a, you know, a, a younger catcher to an older pitcher? You got some younger guys in that pitching staff, but there are some older guys there. You know, every once in a while you need some authority, right? I push the button a little a little harder because that's I want to throw that. How, <laughs> how's that been? Uh, it's been good. I'd say for me, probably just, um, the toughest part is, you know, just kind of, uh, catching a new set of guys, you know, and, um, getting to know them as much as I can. And, you know, I'd say really the only difficult part is just, you know, that, that comes with time, um, that comes with reps and, you know, seeing those pitches day in and day out. Um, you know, I think I, I feel like I'm at a spot where, you know, starting to get to know the guys and, you know, understand, you know, certain setups, what they like to throw in certain counts, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I'd say that's probably been the the biggest challenge for for a young catcher. Is it th- this might sound pretty simplistic, but for a young catcher, is it easier to deal with young pitchers than dudes who've been up and ha- have a bit of a track record? Um, uh, I'd say so. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's too big of a difference, but um, you know, when you have a guy who uh, you know, is in the same position as you, you know, coming out there trying to make, uh, you know, make a name for themselves and kind of get their career started at that level. Um, you know, it, it, it's a little, it's comforting, you know, knowing that the guy out there is kind of, you know, in the same spot as you, you know, they're learning as they go and, you know, just kind of going with the flow. Now we saw in the first two games of the series, uh, two of the young pitchers, the guardians have uh, Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee. Look, uh, I mean, my friend, Kevin Barker here, Watching uh, Gavin pitch said, not comparing him to Garrett Cole, but size and stuff. Mm-hmm. He said, you kind of look at him and you go, boy, that's what, you know, if this guy stays healthy, he could turn into. Have you had, forgive me, have you caught these guys in the minors much? And because we had, I had a conversation with Mike Soroka a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how one of the things he liked about the Atlanta Braves is that 
a lot of the young guys knew each other. They'd played with each other. They'd lost games. They'd won big games. You know, there was that familiarity there. And I'm just wondering if you have that with these guys. And can that help help you all make the transition oh. into the majors? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I feel like I'm on the same page with him there. Um, you know, I've, I've had a – in the last couple of years, I've been playing with a lot of these guys. And, you know, especially being able to catch Bybee and Williams in the past, it definitely – um, you know, been very huge in, you know, the comfortability and kind of understanding um, them and who they are as pitchers individually um, and how they work out there. You know, I think that um, that's really been, you know, something that's kind of helped both of us in this situation, um, you know, have some success out there. Uh, Bo, biggest challenge offensively, is it uh, elevated fastball? Is it how much and how located the secondary pitches are at the big league level or is it just everything and the adjustments are not the easiest to make on the fly uh well i think it's just uh, you know like catching new guys you know you're seeing a bunch of new guys that you've never seen before different stuff that you haven't um that you don't kind of have in the back of your mind of your mind already um and really just like you know staying diligent in your approach you know, at this level, especially when you're young, I've come to learn from the guys out here that you're going to be tested a lot. And, you know, there's definitely going to be an adjustment period like at any level. But, um, you know, with, with the reps that you get in, the more guys you see, the more comfortable you get in um, the transition, um, things will start to smoothen out for sure. So I've just kind of been rolling with that and, you know, taking taking it one day at a time. It's a great answer. No, I know you were up here uh, last year during the playoffs, but you've had uh, an opportunity now to probably get a, a little closer to Terry Francona. Look, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've covered baseball for a long time. I've talked to Terry as a visiting writer and visiting manager. Love Terry. I'm just wondering, for a young a young dude, what's it like to play for a guy like Francona? Because he just, it, it's like, Terry has always seemed to me like he's, he, he's still a rookie. You know, he's had all the experiences and everything as a player and a manager. He's won World Series. He's done, God, he managed Michael Jordan in the minors. He's done all of that. But you you still get the sense that he's kind of a free spirit, fun-loving guy who, yeah, he's he can be a disciplinarian, but there's still, there's kind of a cool aspect to, to, to Terry that uh, I think really ages well. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Uh that he has a lot of respect, not just in this clubhouse, but um I think across the league throughout this game. And, you know, he's done that through um you know, he's he's gained that respect throughout his years in this game. You know, he's he's someone who's very knowledgeable and intelligent. Um, definitely doesn't shy away from an opportunity to um share that knowledge and really take care of the guys on this team. Uh especially being a young team, you know, you're you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to uh, dish out lessons, and so I think when you have a manager that uh, is really willing to do that at any time um, to help his guys, you know, understand the game a little better and put them in a better position to succeed, um, you know, you can't help but be grateful for that. He's he's been awesome, um, and you know, the guys in this clubhouse like really love him. Okay, tell me the truth. During the brawl, what, what do you do? Like the as soon as you see guys throw their glove, hands go up. Where's Bo headed? <laughs> well, when I saw it was going down, I kind of just I hopped the uh, the dugout, and that was probably the fastest I've run. You know, just, I should get a I should get a clock for that sixty time. You know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, when I got out there, my I feel like my first thought was just like, 
you know, kind of get everyone separated and just, you know, make sure that, you know, we're, we're at the process where we're trying to, like, uh, slow it down and kind of get back to, you know, the game. Um, but, yeah, you know, that, that I feel like that's just kind of the thought. Make sure your guys are safe and in a good spot. And, you know, there's not kind of a bunch of other fights going, is, going down. Is that the first one you've ever been a part of? Yes, I can. I can definitely say that's the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 after the game, I think Jose uh, mentioned to one of the writers or one of the broadcasters in Cleveland, at least, that he said, look, he thought that, you know, you guys have a young team and that there was a lot of chirping going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just he, he said, he, I kind of I kind of thought they were kind of disrespecting us a little bit. They were disrespecting us. We've got, you know, a young team and you're going to try to push us around. Um, you know, did you get that sense? And what does that tell you about a, a, a guy that he would, he would sort of take that approach? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the biggest, um, focal point is just on Hosey. You know, he, he really is a guy that wants to take care of his guys and make sure that, you know, they're, they're being treated in this game with, um, you know, respect. I think that that's just the biggest thing that speaks volumes, um, him as a leader in this clubhouse you know we all respect him we all love him and um you know obviously the situation is unfortunate but you know when you have a guy out there that um you know wants to protect his guys you know you just gotta you gotta go out there and, and want to do the same for him which you know i'm sure in the situation you kind of saw all of our guys go out there and you know try to protect him which you know i'm sure anyone in this clubhouse would do it for you know every other person in there mm-hmm. Now, of course, Josh, uh, Josh Naylor, your brother, is, is, is on the IL. He's out. He's out of action. Miles was drafted by the Oakland Athletics. What, what words of advice did Josh pass on to you that, you know, is, is the advice you would pass on to Miles? In other words, you guys talk an awful lot, obviously, but is there, like, one thing Josh said that you realize now that you're in the majors? Uh-huh. That's, like, that is, that's really important and I'm going to pass that on to Miles. Um, yeah, I'd say outside of working hard, which is obviously the the big focal point, um, or has been uh, throughout our careers. I think it's just, you know, at the end of the day, this is a game. You know, you're playing it for a living, and you know, just like when you were really young, uh, you gotta you gotta make sure that you're having fun and playing, and then that's the reason that you're playing for it. Um, you know, when you're in the clubhouse, being around the guys, those are moments you're supposed to enjoy. When you're out there, you get to you get the opportunity to go out there and play a game um, that you've been playing for the last how many years? You know, the the thought of it doesn't change. You know, you go you go out there to support your guys, win, and have fun. Um, I think that in this game, there's a lot of lessons and you know moments where you know the game will beat you down, but uh, the the most important thing is to really get back to that mindset that. You know, you're doing this because you love it and, you know, you want to go out there and just share some incredible experiences with the guys around you. Bo, listen, it was really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Uh, stay healthy. Keep it going. Say hi to Josh and Miles when you're talking to them. And uh, and uh, just just stay healthy, man. Stay Thanks. healthy. Thanks, Bo. Thank you. Take I care. appreciate you guys. Yeah. Take care. It's Bo Naylor, catcher of the Cleveland Guardians. I, I love I, those kids, man. Yeah, I, that's pretty cool. I just do. I wonder as a young catcher how hard it is to separate catcher first. Go to the big leagues, 
uh, pushing the right buttons. He was talking about mm-hmm. the game planning before the game starts. You know, it's I'm sure it's that's what he's there first to do is get some young pitchers through some tough spots and you know the communication factor back and forth, and also trying to be relevant as a hitter. I I would think that's not the easiest thing no. to do. You know, it's funny. I remember having a conversation with Michael Barrett uh, back when he was breaking in with the Expos. And, um, man, I don't know if it was Darren Fletcher. There was another veteran catcher around. I wonder, it might have been Lenny Webster. But I, I remember talking to Michael about that. Like, how do you how do you split up the workload? And it was it was in spring training because you know what catchers you've seen catchers in spring training they're here they're there they're here they're there they're catching this bullpen they're going I mean they're all over the place and he said that his approach was this obviously hitting is important but my role in the game more often than not I if I'm lucky I'm going to get to the plate five times probably four times I'm out on the mound or I'm behind home plate for every pitch mm-hmm. so you know ninety. of me contributing to this team comes when I'm squatting or when I'm, when I'm catching. And I, I I think that's probably the approach young guys take. Maybe I would think that's hard. I mean, look, and especially in in the majors where, you know, you want it, you want to put your, you want, you want stats. If you're hitting somewhere under 200, I would think that's not the easiest thing to do to now he's been trying, you're trying to stay relevant as a hitter. You're trying to be the guy that, you know, calls a good game and, you know, is is the man behind the plate, and then you sort of struggle. I mean, yeah. struggling offensively and where you're hitting in the order, that's a big deal, right? He's, you want to be good at that. So, yeah. yeah. Bo is uh, is hitting 245 since uh, July 6th, uh, 13 for 53. The club is 16 and 11 in games he's been behind the plate. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking at some of their young starting, the starting pitching we've seen, He's got, got a good nights. arm. He's got good footwork. He's like got every, real good footwork. Everything yeah. that goes into being a good young catcher, I think he's got, I'm sure, experience will help when it comes to, you know, what do you do when that starting pitcher in the first inning doesn't have his best stuff. It's sort of those, you're trying to figure out those little parts of being a big leaguer. I just wanted the hitting part. I, I'd say that can't yeah. be the easiest thing. By the way, the uh, last two nights we talked about how good the Guardians pitching has been. Uh, Gavin Williams and Tanner, Tanner Bybee threw seven shutout innings with eight strikeouts. And, and or that was last night. Uh, Bybee had seven shutout innings with six strikeouts and zero walks. Uh, the Williams and, and uh, Bybee are the first pair of Cleveland rookies to throw seven scoreless innings and back-to-back starts since Albie Lopez and Jeff Mutis in 1993. The first Cleveland starter to win six or more straight decisions since Jeremy Sowers in 2006. He's also the fourth Cleveland pitcher to win eight of their first 10 career decisions as a starter, joining Vern Gregg, 1911, Luis Tiant, 1964, and Shane Bieber in 2018. Gets back to that slugging slugging thing with runners in scoring position. All those stats you just read off are what you're going to face in the playoffs. You've got to run into them. We we have a fun show ahead. Cito Gaston, the legendary Blue Jays manager, two-time World Series winner, will join us at six o'clock as uh, we will Very talk cool. about, we'll talk about Jose Bautista going into the, uh, going on to the level of excellence. If you've heard our interview with Jose yesterday, you know that Dwayne Murphy and Cito Gaston played an important role, a huge role in Jose Bautista 
discovering himself and the renaissance that we saw from his career. It'll also give Kevin a chance to talk to Cito Gaston about the elevated fastball, which I know you're dying to do. Mm. David Sampson joins us at 6.30 as well. When we come back, we're going to go to the back leg line. We haven't, uh, we've been neglecting the back leg line a little bit. Mm, I blame uh, you. Well, it's not. It, of course <laughs> you're going to blame me. Uh, the number is... Uh, f- 416-413. I mean, I get blamed for everything else around this place. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Your chance to leave uh, questions for Kevin, comments, whatever. Mm. State your name and location when you call. And uh, we've got the back leg line. We've got our between the lines segment. I got Jays and Cubs tickets to give away too in the 6 o'clock hour. Can I give you something right before we go to the break? I want you to think about if you had to to bet your paycheck, who hits more homers from now to the end of the season, Vladdy, Chapman, or Springer? Don't answer till you come back. All right. I'll just have to wait until we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet radio network, and Sportsnet. Six minutes of a break, and then you do it all right there. Like, don't be afraid. All right, ask me the question you were going to ask. I already asked. Well, ask me it again. What's your answer to it? If if you you had to bet your check. I'm not betting my check. I'm asking this hypothetical. Okay. On who would hit more homers between three guys the rest of the season. Yeah. Those three guys are Vladdy, Springer, and Chapman. Who you got? I think the point is you were trying to make is we've asked a couple of people this today and everybody's had to think about it. I've gotten a Springer. I've gotten a Chapman. I, I would, I, I mean, <laughs> I've gotten no Vladdies. I would go Springer. I'd, I mean, I'd There's go Springer. Another Springer. I go Springer. The only thing you, here's, here's what I, why I asked that. I don't even know why I'd go Springer. Ke- Kevin Biggio with runners in scoring position has the same amount of home runs as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does, three. He's got almost 70 fewer at-bats. That would tell you he's not getting a good pitch to hit. He's overswinging. He's off balance. He's maybe overthinking. Like, there's a lot of things that will go into that. This is what I said. Bo can't get back fast enough. Like, that. that is a big deal, especially when you're facing good, good pitching. Who hits good pitching better than anybody on the team? Uh, the guy that's on the eye. So that that's he's one of the he's the most important guy. So that's why it's a, it's a fun little thing to think about. It's, it's not just, fun. It's, it's kind of fun. it kind of scares the living hell out of well, me to be honest. It's funny that I have not gotten one Vladdy. Yeah, and I've asked like six different people. Yeah, nobody said Vladdy. Oh, that is that is telling. The fact that we even had to think about it is also telling. Uh, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. A, let's go to David in Mississauga. He had a lovely question for Kevin Barker. Uh-oh. I believe. 
You guys reveal a lot of great stats, runners in scoring position, OPS, slugging percentages, but the only stat that matters over this little stretch that we've had has been the Davis-Schneider stat. We're 4-1 when he's in the lineup, and we're 0-1 when he's out of the lineup. Enough said. Love the show. Keep it going. Is that a question for me? I think that's a comment. Dave, David Schneider's fan club is uh, yeah in full bloom. Look, lefty's throwing today. He's in the lineup. I haven't seen the lineup. He better be in the lineup. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he like is. no any, 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 anybody that gives the uh, gives the lineup a chance to get a big hit with a dude standing at second. I'm for it. Like I, whoever that is, uh, whoever. Like that's that's where they're at now. Like the at bats that they have are not very good. And I, for whatever reason, I'm just looking la- at the, I'm just looking night, at the numbers, but I'm going last with Springer. Night and today. I'm very, I'm very down for whatever reason. And I, you know me, I'm never down about this. Cause I know how hard hitting is. Yeah. And it just seems like for whatever reason, well, I, it's I think, like two, two young dudes basically took that lineup behind the woodshed and handed it to them. I, for a team that is fighting for a World Series, not fighting for a playoff spot, fighting to win a World Series, and that's the at-bats you're giving us? Like, that's – I look, I'm, I'm all for tipping hat and good pitching beat, beats good hitting, and they had the dudes up that they wanted up. That's why they put them where they put them, and they looked the way they looked. Like, for me, that's sort of all you need to know. Uh, four one six four one three three nine five. I need nine, I, I need you to be positive for me because I'm negative. Sean in Hamilton. Sean, I'm on the ninety one seventy one record watch. Who in the American League with the the teams, the Yanks, the Sox, maybe not the Angels, the, the Mariners, the Jays, of course. Who's going to get to seventy one first? Uh, I'd like to be slow to get to the seventy one loss marker. And that means more wins. Okay. Same thing in the National League. So it seems to be a dividing point. Either you're 20 over or you fall You fall into that quagmire of you might miss by a game or two. Mm-hmm. In case uh, pitching's great, we got to uh, – they should be licking their chops. Guys on first and third, one out, you got to go up there licking your chops, guys. You would think so. This hairdy-scaredy uh, <laughs> oogie-boogie-man crap is, is not working out in any case. God bless. Have a good day. Uh, Andrew, can you can you save that? This hairy, scaredy, boogeyman crap. I, I like that. Oogie boogeyman crap, I think you said. Yeah, I don't know about like the 71. I think he's that. talking about 71 losses. That's what he's talking I about? I believe so. He's okay, if you got to figure National League, you're looking at 84, 85 wins to get you in the playoffs. American League, you're looking at at that 90 win mark. That The 71, I'm not going to tackle that. I'll tackle the 90. I think Seattle and the Yankees. I think you, the Angels, mm-mm. The Red Sox, because of their schedule, mm-mm. You think the, the, the Mariners... And I looked them stats up before yeah, you, I got on here. You and Wagner be, were be, spending time best record about since July first, twenty three and ten. They got a. They're nine games over five hundred. They've won six in a row. They're fourteen and four in their last eighteen. Their their schedule is sort of like the Jays, it right? It's heavy similar. West. Yep. You got some Royals in there. You got some White Sox in there. You got some Mets in there. Like they got some games where they can, you know, gain some ground and be right there. So I think for me, it's the Yankees and and the Mariners. And in the other two teams, for me, they're already out. So I, I okay. Can I just throw something in though? But but the Jays are also 
they're close enough to the Astros and the Rays Absolutely. that you can put them you're, in you're, there. You're thinking about the Rays, the Astros, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Yankees. That's I see, your I five even, teams. I wouldn't even put the Yankees in there, but go they're ahead. They're four and a half go out. Ahead. They're four and a half out, and they the, see Yankees. Uh, you got to. Well, the, I, I trade deadline, the trade deadline's passed. They're not going to get any better. I'm still. All right. That's me. You got way more faith in the Yankees. I'm not saying it's faith. I'm but saying it's four fun, teams. Okay. For fun, five teams. Okay. Five teams, right. Um, Tampa. Houston, Jays, uh, Yankees, and Seattle. Those yeah. are the five teams we're looking at. That's it. All Just right. have to ask yourself, which which one do you think is the third wild card and which one's the second wild card? I, I'm i going to say this right now. I, I, I just don't – I just don't have faith in the Rays getting that hanging on. You think the Astros can beat the Rangers? I think – and skip over the Rangers? That's the thing you got to ask would, yourself. I would never – you saw what the Astros did yesterday to – Tucker. To, to Baltimore. That's a quality at bat when it matters the most on the road. That's against Felix ta- Batista, yeah. I off the elevated heater to get the one down. Hey, every, it's funny how that works when every it's your time, best hitter. I mean, he's right there with Jordan. Every, right there. I know. Every time I look at the Astros, I keep thinking, I should just write these guys off. And then Ooh, I look at them again and I go, no. Nah. I can see them. Yeah, I, I – I can see the Astros being the team that that yeah, absolutely. So then you're throwing the Rangers in the wild card spot and you're looking, you know, you're you're trying to bunch those together. If you're not a Seattle fan and don't think they're gonna make a run at it, you already got your three wild card teams. I mean, I just don't get where, where are they going? Yeah, I just don't get Seattle, Kev. I I, I they got good pitching. They've got real good pitching and they got a couple of they real can good hit hitters. homers sometimes. But, that that's the thing, right? That's what you have to do late in the season is hit some homers. I mean, maybe they knew Maybe maybe Jerry DePoto knows what he's doing. He's kind of the mad professor. Trade your clothes away and your team goes in a winning maybe, maybe he don't, and he maybe just does so much, he and he just, hopefully one of them works out. That could be. That's <laughs> actually maybe. That's actually a, uh, a, a very good point. I like that very much. Uh, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Jared in lovely abbotsford bc nice. and i do mean that sincerely absolutely uh, i got a question about the high heat that uh barker keeps talking oh, about there you go would they not just make a pitching machine throw a high heat absolutely and just practice that way absolutely up to hear your answer thanks absolutely Bye. absolutely it, it's it's uh, for us to but think, I think and his, i'm in his the camp point, his point is absolutely the league's hitting 226 the, you tell me the league's not trying to you know elevate the fastball in a cage where nobody's watching and try and be on time with your lower half and have a level swing from the gate absolutely but there's a lot of different swings throughout baseball that are not matched up right that's why that's why boba shit hits everything from the toe to the ear is because the front foot gets down with the front hip open, which allows him to get it in way back here, the barrel, and keep it level for longer than everybody else does. That's why he can hit ear to sh- shoe top. So, yeah, absolutely. It's like, I mean, they just, it's it's high octane velocity that I will say this. How about try this? Because most of the time, that's with two strikes. Most of the time, occasionally you'll get it. Bullpen guy comes out, comes in. Batista last night for the Orioles. He likes the elevated fastball. He'll throw it to you because it's a hundred and he doesn't think you can hit it, which most people can hit it. You try and foul it off with two strikes. 
Most of the time, it's with two strikes. How about try to get the first two strikes, put one of them in play hard so you don't get to that a lot. I think that's the conversation more this time of the year than let's go in a cage and try and just hit ball after ball after ball of the ball that's at the top of the catcher's helmet and at the belly button. It's, It's a lot to try and figure out is my point when basically this is what they've been preaching. And John's come on this show and said the exact same thing. You got three strikes for a reason. They're not going to thre- throw three fastballs. What's, you watch the two dudes the last two days for the Guardians? How many times? It's not they elevated throw? fastball all the time. Right. It's elevated fastball with two strikes. Yep. Or when you're fouling their best pitch off, they're trying to go to that. It's sort of like a security blanket. When we can, we want to go there. So, yeah, it's a little, you know, sometimes it's a little frustrating to watch. But that's why they throw it there because it's hard to hit. That's a good question. So good that I turned my question. mic off. It is and, a great uh, question. And again, we'll be joined by Cito Goss. And I'm sure you get a chance to ask Cito uh, that question as well. And I'm sure Cito will have an answer to it because Cito has an answer for just about everything when it comes to hitting. Uh, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Poffo. Mm. What's going on, guys? Uh, after that build-up, he comes in with what's going on, guys. <laughs> well, sorry, I gave you the read, and then you gave me all of uh, two seconds to get back in my chair here. So, what are you yeah, out, yeah, sh- yeah. out, out of shape? You, 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 short of breath? Can't get back in there and get to it? Show awareness is what it's called. Show aware, exactly. Show no, awareness. I'm talking to you. Yeah, Barker, oh. Barker I'm has it. To you. Barker has it. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Let, You're only as good let, as your let's, make, let's make the folks some money. Oh, you did yesterday. That was uh, that was easy over. Of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. Hi. Easy uh, over. Yeah. Easy over for you say last night. And you know what? We're actually going to be looking at an over under for the total tonight. Will I mean one nothing last night. Bet Rivers has it at eight and a half runs. Do you think well, combined sense. it's going to go over or under tonight? I think under. You're not very confident about that. No, I think under uh, just looking at at, at Logan Allen, uh, looking at the Jays lineup. Parker, you got me. You brought me down. Looking at the Jays <laughs> lineup. Thanks. Uh, yeah. No, you know what? The Magic the Man. Obvious. No, I'm gonna. The Magic Man's back. Over because Davis Schneider's in the lineup. Over. Over. Where's he hitting? Six. Doesn't matter. Over. <laughs> Over for sure. The Magic Man, Davis Schneider, is well, back. Uh, and I happen to know that in AAA, his favorite day to hit is, is Wednesday. Oh, there you go. I didn't even look that up because I was numbers on Wednesday at AAA this year. Two ninety-seven at AAA this year on Wednesdays. That's not true. Uh, I don't even think they have those stats in in AAA on Wednesdays. Anything you've seen from the last two days from either one of these lineups would give you just hope that they're going to score a total of nine runs. Yeah, I'm taking the under. All right. Like I, I Vlad, Vladdy's issues with lefties hitting home runs. I, that's where that's what it comes down. I'm for, trying for to me. be. See, it's I'm trying to single-handedly turn this show Nor- into an optimistic show. N- normally, that's leading me. up to a game. Trying I don't to want do our that. listeners or our viewers trying to do that. To, but I, I don't want their daubers down. After I you know, dug into I want- these stats, it's very hard for me to do that. I'm taking the under. The under until you consistently see good at bats. Passing the baton until Bo gets back. If Bo was in the lineup, I'm taking the over, it's easy. Bo's not in the lineup, I'm taking the under. 
You're so tired. I, of, you're tired of baton passing, aren't you? I absolutely. And cap tipping. What tires you more, baton tossing or baton passing or, or cap tipping right now? I don't like either. I, I, does that mean Vladdy gets it down and gets it singing and hits a three-run homer? Yeah, that's what it means. I got a feeling tonight. I, I, got, <laughs> I got a feeling in my wallet. I think we're gonna. I think I'm gonna make some money tonight taking the over. What do you think, Holland? You like the over? Yeah, sure. You're a gambling man. <laughs> he said not a chance. <laughs> Buffalo, what about you? Do you like the over? Uh, yeah, he's gambling. I'm just too. going with whatever Barker's saying. <laughs> so you, oh, ye of little faith. Uh, Bo's not in the lineup. Uh, Cito Gaston uh, is a two-time World Series winning manager with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, he will join us after I do the outread for... Uh, you're on a roll and I just lost what? the outread. No, I didn't. Good that was thing between I the in. lines. Stop it. Be quiet. That was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And as I said, Cito Gaston is the uh, was a two-time World Series winning manager with the Toronto Blue Jays. If you heard our interview with Jose Bautista yesterday, uh, Jose was talking about the importance of Dwayne Murphy and Cito Gaston to his career renaissance. Um and, and, you know, if you know anything about Cito and you've ever talked to Cito about hitting, you can kind of understand how Cito would be the perfect guy for a dude like Jose Bautista to go to because he could speak about hitting at a very high level with a guy who was very thoughtful when it came to hitting. So we'll also talk, of course, about... Jose Bautista, the player, as well with our next guest. Cito Gaston joins us. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Big finish, Jeff. Out of baby. Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet. Sportsnet.